We're really excited to have Pastor Ebenezer Andreas here. Um, he is the youth and young adult pastor uh, from Ethiopian Evangelical Church in St. Paul, uh, looking to also plant a church out of that church, uh, scheduled to launch uh, next fall of 2019. And I got to meet uh, Ebenezer uh, this last uh, summer and uh, through a mutual friend had connected us and just hearing his heart and his passion for uh, the gospel work uh, here in the Twin Cities. I know you're going to be blessed. Um, and as, if, as a, an alumni himself, he's no stranger to Northwestern, so it's fun for him to be back here, back home in a way. So uh, would you give a warm Northwestern welcome to Pastor Ebenezer? Uh, as he comes, would you extend a hand out as we pray for him and then a hand up as we pray for ourselves as he speaks. Our great God and Father, we thank you that as we just sung, that you are holy, that you deserve and are worthy of all glory, of all, all honor and all praise. And thank you that we can do that through song. And thank you that we can do that now through the ministry and the worship of the word. Father, thank you for bringing your son, your servant here, Pastor Ebenezer. May you be his help. May you be his stronghold. Um, that as he speaks, that you would uh, guide his thoughts, that you would guard his heart and that you would govern the words of his mouth. And Lord, that our hearts would be positioned to receive your word, to grow um, gospel fruit. So Father, we thank you for this time as we pray over Pastor Ebenezer and ourselves towards a greater Christ-likeness. Come Holy Spirit, have your way in and through him and through us during our time together. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. amen. What's up, Northwestern? How you guys doing? You guys doing well? Um, so yeah, I myself uh, went to Northwestern. I never thought in a million years that I would come back and speak here, uh, but here we are. My spot was back there where all the football guys were, and uh, I never knew how much you could see from the stage, and so I'm kind of ashamed, because uh, I would sleep in chapel and do homework in chapel, so uh, anyways, uh, glad to be here. Uh, so I, I was asked um, to talk about uh, how do we engage, right? How do we go and live on mission? And so as I was praying and thinking through ways in which we could do that, uh, the Lord led me to John chapter 1. And so before we get into uh, the, the passage, I, I want to I say something first. Um, I really think that before we engage the culture, before we engage the world, we have to be first engaged by the gospel, right? And so a lot of the times we want people to go and tell people about Jesus. We want people to go and serve people and tell them about the good news, but we're doing it without actually being convinced ourselves. And so when we ourselves aren't convinced, it becomes a task and not necessarily a joy. We live in a day and age where we love sharing things. Sharing is never the problem, right? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, Kawhi Leonard had a very interesting moment on the internet. Uh, if you guys are familiar, he had this really awkward laugh, and I couldn't help but look at his laugh and die of laughter myself. Uh, and the very first thing I did is share it with all my friends, right? Because I found it entertaining, I found it funny, and so because I enjoyed it, I shared it with the world. Right? And this is what we do. When we find something that's amazing to us, when we find something that's enjoyable to us, when we find something we love, we share it. Maybe we're not sharing the gospel because we don't enjoy the gospel. 
Maybe we are not sharing the good news of Jesus Christ because we have not seen the glory in the gospel. The problem is never in the sharing of the gospel. The problem is being in love with the gospel. Because if you love God, you will share God. <laughs> and so my thing for you guys today is instead of preaching methods and how we can reach the, the world, how we can reach the Twin Cities, I want to ask a different question. Are you in love with God? Because if you are truly in love with God, we don't have to tell you to go share the gospel. It is a reaction. So before you can engage the culture, the gospel has to first engage you. John chapter 21, I'm going to pick it up in verse 15, says this. When they had finished eating... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, verse 17, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Uh, this is my favorite part of the story, verse 20. Peter turned and saw that the, the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. He's talking about John, right? This is the one who had leaned back against Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? Verse 21. When Peter saw him, he asked, uh, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? It's a boss statement. You must follow me. You must follow me. Let me give you guys context to what's going on here. This is after Jesus had resurrected from the cross. Now, you guys are all scholars. You guys all go to Northwestern. You know that Peter had denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times Right? And so Jesus is now, Jesus dies, and so Peter, he, he's supposed to wait for Jesus. He's supposed to wait for Jesus to come back and so that he can be commissioned. But, but Peter, uh, he gets discouraged, right? He denies Jesus, and not only does he deny Jesus, he goes back to what he knows best, fishing. <laughs> and so he goes back to his old ways. And so if you read the first Few, few verses of John chapter 1, it's interesting because Jesus comes back to Peter and he finds him fishing. And what I love about the story is when Jesus comes back to Peter, he blesses his business. He doesn't condemn it, right? He catches Peter fishing and instead of coming at Peter, he helps him out and he catches a bunch of fish. And then he invites him and they have breakfast on the beach. That's the scene, right? And as they're having breakfast, this is where Jesus asks Peter the question, do you love me more than this? What is, what is Jesus asking Peter? Do you love me more than your business? 
Do you love me more than your comfort? Do you love me more than food? I'm a foodie. I love to eat, right? And so Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me more than this? This is the question that Jesus is asking us before he commissions us, before he asks us to feed his lamb. He wants to know, do you love me more than your major? Do you love me more than your GPA? Do you love me more than your resume? This is the question God is asking us today. What I love about this story is uh, we're limited in the English language, right? And so love, there's something deeper going on when he says, do you love me? He's actually asking him, do you agape me? Right? If you study the language here, he's saying, do you agape mean it? For those who don't know what agape means, agape means this divine, unconditional love. This love that causes you, every, everything within you to love God. This is the love that Jesus is asking him. And it's interesting because Peter doesn't respond back by saying, I agape you. He responds back by saying, I phileo you. Now, if you don't know what phileo means, right, it's this brotherly love, this, this brotherly affection, this, I, I love you like a homeboy, Jesus. <laughs> I love you like a friend. So Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me with everything? And Peter is responding back, I don't love you with everything, Jesus. I love you like I love a friend. I don't love you more than my business. I don't love you more than my uh, ambition. I just, I love you like I love a friend, Jesus. That's what's going on here. That's why Jesus is asking him three times. And if we were to be honest with ourselves, that's how we love Jesus too. Jesus is not asking, do you love me like you love a friend? He says, I want you to love me with everything. It's interesting because the question Jesus asked Peter is, do you love me with everything? Now, if I was Jesus, which I'm not, praise the Lord, uh, if I was Jesus, I would be asking Peter, hey, Peter, what are your gifts? Uh, because we're going to have you engage the world, and so I, I'm going to need to know how great of a communicator are you, right? Uh, Peter, let me see your resume. Can you pull out uh, what you've done? Let me see where you've served. Peter, I want to see your weaknesses. Uh, Peter, I, I kind of want to see your GPA. <laughs> Let me see if you're good enough to serve me. But Jesus is not interested in what Peter has to offer Jesus. What Jesus is interested in is Peter's love for Jesus. God does not want help from us. He's not impressed by us. You know that, right? <laughs> like on your best days, Jesus is not up there in heaven like, Holy Spirit, did you see that? Oh my gosh, he killed it, she killed it. Like that's not, he's not impressed by us. He wants to, because the only people God can use are those that are dependent on him. And the ones that God can use are those that are in love with God. Another thing to point out here is um, Jesus says, Simon, son of John. Now, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Simon was Peter's name before Jesus changed it. <laughs> and so he's addressing Peter differently here. He's not addressing Peter as Peter. He's addressing Peter as Simon. Why? Because Peter or Simon denied Jesus three times. So Jesus is addressing Simon in the way in which he's living, his, like his old self. 
Because to not be in love with God is to fall back to who you were before Christ. And so he's addressing him as his old self because of the way he's been acting. Do you love me more than this? I, uh, I want you guys to understand that the best way we can reach people is by being in love with God. Because check this, when you're in love with God, it's easy to love people. And when you love people, you don't treat people like projects. <laughs> A lot of us treat people like projects. I'm looking down on you, right? You're what I'm going to work on this semester so that we can brag to our friends about how many people we reached. And he, God wants us to love him so that we can love others. Now, I had a friend here uh, when I was at Northwestern, and uh, he was white, right? And I'm black, if you couldn't tell. Um, and so uh, he, uh, he engaged me, right? And so he would come up to me and he says, he would say, hey, let's go to Bible study. And I'm like, sure, let's go. I didn't have a car, so he'd give me a ride. And then... He would be intentional with me. This, this guy actually taught me how to read my Bible. I did not know really how to read my Bible. And he sat with me and taught me how to read my Bible. He was intentional with me. There was a time where I was living in Moyer. And uh, you know how when you don't want to go to Bible study, so you act like you're sleeping? So my friend, he was coming to pick me up. And I, I ignored his calls and texts because I didn't want to do Bible study that night, right? And this guy had the nerve to come into my dorm room, come into my room, and get me out of bed to go to Bible study. This is how much he loved me. And he didn't love me just to share the gospel with me. He was really interested in me. And so he would always invite me to go play broom ball or hockey, and I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good on that, right? And then I would come and say, hey, can you play basketball with us? And he says, of course, I'll play basketball with you. And this went on for some time. And one day he came to me and he said, hey, uh, Ebenezer, I'm kind of hurt by you. And I'm like, well, why? What did I do to you? And he said, why is it that whenever I ask you to play broom ball or hockey with us, you say no? took a deep breath. <laughs> I said, I don't know if you know this, Jake, but um, I'm black and we don't do such activities, right? And uh, <laughs> to which he replied, do you think I play basketball because I enjoy basketball? I play basketball because you enjoy basketball. And because I enjoy you and I enjoy the God in you, I'm doing something that's uncomfortable for me so that we can grow in our relationship. This is what loving God looks like. Loving God helps us live on mission for Him. It causes us to do things we wouldn't necessarily do. It causes us to reach people we necessarily wouldn't reach. Why? Out of our love for God. If you are not in love with God, you cannot serve God properly. You guys with me this morning? This is the thing, to live on mission doesn't always mean to give up everything, but we must be ready to give up everything at any time. Um, you guys know the Great Commission in Matthew 28, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, right? Now, if you study that word go in the Greek, uh, it, it, it means something complete. It says, as you go, make disciples of all nations. I love this because a lot of the times 
when we are asked to, when we give sermons about, when we have rallies around, when we talk about living on mission, what's the thing that we say to God? God, you know I want to, but I, I got to get this degree. God, you, you know I want to, but I'm, I'm trying to get married, ring by spring, you know what I mean? Right? Like, God, I, I really want to, but I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm working up the, the ladder at, in my corporate job. Like, God, I really want to, but I got things I got to take care of first. And Jesus knows that. That's why he says, as you do that, make disciples. It's as you climb the corporate ladder, you make disciples. It's as you find the one you're going to spend the rest of your life with that you make disciples. It's as you go to class that you make disciples. You don't put your life on pause to live on mission. It's as you're living your life, you're making disciples for Jesus. There will never be a good enough excuse for you to not make disciples. There will never be a good enough excuse for you to not live on mission. The true excuse, the real reason we aren't living on mission, as I said it earlier, is because we are not in love with God and because we are not excited about the gospel. We don't share the gospel. So again, I ask you. Are you in love with God? Are you excited about God? Because you do not have a problem sharing the things you enjoy. The problem is we're not in love with God. Just checking my time, all right. Let's continue going. It says, feed my lambs. Now, it's interesting. I'm still on verse 14, 15. Uh, it's interesting. Peter responds back to Jesus, I don't agape you, I phileo you, right? But Jesus' response is still, feed my lamb. Meaning, there was no excuse for Jesus as to why Peter could not feed the lambs of God, right? It didn't matter that Peter wasn't in perfect love toward, it didn't matter that Peter wasn't where he needed to be. Right where he was at, Jesus expected him to make disciples. You could be in here and be honest and say, hey, I want to love God with everything, but right now I just, I love him like I love a friend. And Jesus still would respond, feed my lambs. <laughs> with your inconsistent love, with your imperfect love, with your lazy love, I still call you to feed my lambs. And this happens again the second time. You know, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, I know, you know that I love you, right? So he says, do you agape me? Peter responds, do you phileo me? Verse 17, Jesus changes the language. The first two times Jesus is saying, do you agape me? The third time Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me, right? But this time he says, do you phileo me? <laughs> so he drops it from do you agape me to do you phileo? So basically... What Jesus is saying is, do you even really love me like you say you love me? Do you, I know you don't, you don't line up, you don't measure up to the love I've called you to love me, but with the love you're professing to have for me, do you even love me that way? That's harsh language. And I, I had to ask myself, God, why are you so persistent on this? Why are you really annoying Peter with this why why three times you got to ask and it's because Peter denied Jesus three times and so for every time you deny God you proclaim a greater love for something else 
<laughs> so for every time you choose something over God, you are declaring that you love that thing more than God. You love your education more than God. You love your comfort more than God. You love your friends more than God. You love your Netflix account more than God. You love your sports team better, more than you love your God. For every time you put God under something, you're declaring a greater love for something else. So Jesus has to get this straight. Peter, listen, if you want to serve me, if you want to really live on mission for me, I'm going to need you to love me more than these things. More than these things. Feed my sheep. We don't have time, but I, I want to go into what Jesus does after. The, this is something that really blessed my heart. So after all this has happened, Jesus tells Peter the cost of following Jesus. <laughs> so after Jesus commissions Peter to make disciples, to live on mission, he responds back by saying, hey, you're going to be in prison, and not only are you going to be in prison, but you're going to die for me. Follow me. Now, this is us, right? My pastor would use this analogy all the time. We love what Christianity has to offer. Matter of fact, I really love this jacket that I have on. In fact, the first time I was scouting it, it was at PacSun. It's like, man, I really want this jacket. I put it on. I'm like, whew, I look good in this, right? I checked the mirror. I'm like, I want it. And then I took the price tag out, and I saw how much it cost. I said, never mind. <laughs> I'm on a ministry budget, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't get paid out here, right? And a lot of us, we're like that. We love how Christianity looks on us. We love what Christianity has to offer us. And then we pull out the price tag. And we say, never mind. I can't afford this. Listen, I, I don't want to sugarcoat things. To be on mission, to make disciples will cost you your life. It will not be easy. It will be uncomfortable. But this is what you signed up for. You didn't do God a favor by becoming a Christian. You know that, right? God is looking for those that love him. You know, one of my favorite things about Jesus is he always said, follow me. And he didn't sit and beg anybody. He kept moving. Where he wasn't like us, please come to the altar, come. Accept. He wasn't like that. Jesus was the boss. Hey, come follow me. Now, cool, I'm going. I'm not insecure. <laughs> Jesus wants to know, is he worthy enough for the cost? Jesus wants to know, as you love me, do you really, he wants to know this morning from you, Northwestern, is he worthy of the cost? Because Jesus tells Peter, I'm glad you fillet on me, but I want you to understand something. You're going to die for me. <laughs> You're going to die for me. And again, I don't got any time, but let me just paraphrase the rest of the story. So Peter walks away, I'm assuming with his head down, like, man, I can't believe this. This is crazy. I'm going to die for Jesus, right? And uh, he runs into John, and he does what all of us do. He looks at John. He's like, what about John? So he goes back to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, what about John? Would he die like me? Is his cost as great as my cost? Does he have to do what I have to do? And this is a lot of us. You know God is calling you to something, but you want to look around and get affirmation from people. What about this person? I don't see them loving their neighbor. Why should I love my neighbor? I don't see this person making disciples. Why should I make disciples? I, I don't see this person worshiping God. Why should I worship God? And again, Jesus, like a boss, responds, what is it to you what I do with his life? Mind your business. <laughs> Peter, 
Jesus' response to Peter is, what if I have him never die? What if he just lives? It doesn't matter. John MacArthur, one of my favorite pastors, says this about the situation. The Lord is not saying to Peter that you won't have anything to do with John. As you guys study the life of Peter and John and you read Acts, you see that they were companions. Right? They, they healed people together. They loved on people together. They spread the gospel together. So the Lord is not saying you, will have, you won't have anything to do with John. What he's saying is follow my plan for you and not my plan for John. That's what God is inviting us to today. As you go and make disciples, as you go and live on mission, don't sit around looking at if other people are doing it. Don't compare your cross with somebody else's cross. That, that, Jesus, what, it doesn't matter. You know what I've called you to. Jesus does not say, follow John. He says, follow me. And the reason why a lot of us are not making disciples is because we're following our professors or we're following our parents or we're following our friends. And Jesus said, hey, look at me. Follow me. I want to ask you a very simple question as I'm closing are you in love with God? Are you in love with God? Because if you are in love with God, nobody has to teach you, train you, encourage you to make disciples. It will be your response. It will be your response. We don't have a problem sharing in our generation. We're, we're the social media generation. We retweet things, we like things, we share things, we, we have a group chat. I have a group chat with friends, and we just send funny videos. That's all the group chat is for, right? The issue is not sharing. The issue is, are you in love with what you're sharing? Do you agape God this morning? And if you are in love with God, you will have a hard time honoring the cost. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for every single person in this room. Lord, I... Would you, would you help us love you, Lord? Your word says we love because you first loved us. And if we are having issues with loving you this morning, would you open our eyes to your love for us, Father? Lord, just the way you have engaged us, just in the way that you have loved on us, would you help us do the same for others, Father God? Lord, I pray that as we look at the cost, as we consider the cost, as we go and proclaim your name, may you be the center of it all, Father God. Lord, I pray that we do away with our comfort, that we do away with our convenience, Father, and we follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, I pray that you help us. You help us obey you. And Lord, we know that to love you is to obey you. And so help us with our love for you. Lord, we thank you that you meet us where we are. Lord, that you met Peter running away from you. You met Peter after he denied you three times. You met Peter when he, had no, he wanted nothing to do with you, yet you still called him to this. And so, Father, would you help us? And would you open our eyes to see that you are not done with us just because we've been in a season where we have not been walking this thing out. But Lord, you're still pursuing us. You're still calling us. And Lord, you still have commissioned us. Father, I pray as we go from this place that you make your love evident, whether it be in conversations and classes, at lunch, wherever it may be. I pray, Lord, that you live through us. May we live for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs>